Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Odd Couple podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for The Odd Couple at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to the best of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, or their owner, Robert Kraft, uh, have decided to part ways. That's how Belichick worded it. Uh, he got fired. Press How's conference. that? He, he got fired. I, I don't You're think fired. he got fired. Uh, he I got think, fired. I think, they didn't I want think him. he knew. Yeah, I, I think he knew they didn't want him. I think <laughs> they didn't want him, and he knew they didn't want him. So he was ready to step down. Um, no, I, but I, I don't think. Uh, I think he also might have been ready to step down. He right, he wants those 15 wins to pass Don Shula. It would take him four years at this rate to get that, and, and he might not have four years of coaching left in him. Uh, he's 72, the oldest coach ever, 73. That was Romeo Cornell, who was actually interim at that time. So he might have three years, maybe four left to coach, and uh, I'm sure he wants to go somewhere and get a Super Bowl um, and those alongside those 15 wins. And that was not happening in New England. Uh, I, I thought, Rob, the way it was handled was good. Um, quickly, before I know you, you got stuff to say. Um, but you know, you and I have been saying all along, you cannot fire Bill Belichick. You just can't because of his legendary, his legendary coaching status. But at the same time, Rob, it was definitively clear I, I think unequivocally clear that his time it was time to go. They're not going to get any better under him. Uh, it, it just had gone had run its course. And so I think it could have really been an ugly situation had he just refused to if you if you're right and they just wanted to fire him, and he uh, agreed to a mutual parting of the ways, um, or, or, or he didn't agree to that, you know, and then they would have had to come out and fire him or not fire him. And even though they didn't want him just because they know he's a legend, maybe they wanted him to 
get those 15 wins in the Patriots uniform, they wouldn't have fired him. It just could have got really ugly. And I actually thought the day went well. I thought it was good. Um, he said he's a Patriot for life. That was all good. Um, and he's free to go where he wants now. So he's not limited to teams they might quote-unquote trade him to. So I, I just thought they handled what could have become an ugly situation and a really acrimonious situation. I thought they handled it well. It won't be a Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones type thing where they're feuding for 28 years. So uh, when he's ready to go back, I'm sure it'll be fine. So, um, yeah, I, I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah, I, I just think he he was fired, and you go to him and say, we could do one or two things. We can make nice and and have you walk out of here and not – look bad for you and your reputation or, you know, we can do, which one do you want to do? And he picked the right one, which is to go along with it and say, I'm a Patriot for life and all the things that people want to hear. And, and you move on, you know, uh, 24 years in an organization is a long time. There's only two jobs you get to keep longer and that's uh Supreme court justice and Pope. So, uh, you know, he had no choice. Those are the two jobs that you get to keep for life. And 24 years is a long time uh, for Bill, uh, uh, Bill Belichick. Um, so now comes, you know, where he'll go from here, his future. There'll be somebody who'll snap him up. And we'll, yeah, we'll get more. He'll get, he'll get to up. that. I think yeah. he'll have his choice, but he'll, we'll, he'll we'll, have, we'll get to that. Let right. me ask you this. What, what are your thoughts on his legacy? I mean, he's he's obviously could still build on it, but at this point. Yeah, I, I just think it's strange in American sports how some people don't carry baggage with them, but others do. Because, frankly, I look at Bill Belichick as the Barry Bonds of the NFL. I do. No coach was ever fined more money, a half a million dollars, uh, look at the trail of draft picks they lost. He had situation after situation, even as late, Chris, as a number of years ago with the Cincinnati filming of the sidelines. And people say, well, why did they videotape Cincinnati? They beat them eight straight time. Well, there was a new coach when they started to videotape that guy. So there's a pattern there. Josh McDaniels. Under the Bill Belichick tree, what happened? Got fired in Denver. He was found out, Chris, videotaping team signals as well uh, and was fired there in Denver. Obviously, they didn't play well either after he got off to the great start. And then Eric Mangini, his own disciple. You can't have a more damning uh, proclamation from anybody than a guy who was in your inner circle, Chris, and was one of your disciples and one of the guys from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, Eric Mangini, who when he became coach of the Jets, made it very clear that don't do to me what you do to everybody else. Like, don't, I mean, like, if that is not damning, I don't know what else is. That's not an outsider. That's not somebody who Bill Belichick fired, who didn't have a career going. You know what I mean? He was a head coach in the same division, and didn't want to fall prey to it. So, of course you talk about the six Super Bowls, but you can't tell the whole story about Bill Belichick unless it includes the cheating scandals that were involved. It would be great, Chris, if you could throw flowers at him 
and he didn't have any of that stuff to be able to, uh, you know, mar, taint, whatever you want to say, his career. I still believe the, the Patriots never got the full credit that they should have winning, you know, six Super Bowls and what they were able to accomplish because people always question whether it was completely on the up and up. And I think that's a shame because they did do a, a you know, they did a lot of winning and people will always remember that. Yeah, look, I'll give you that. It, his legacy is a tad bit tainted. Um, I, I don't think he's anywhere near Barry Bonds. I think that's ridiculous, that comparison. I mean, taking performance-enhancing drugs is a lot different than a deflated ball or or even a spy gate, in my view. Um, I think Bonds, and, and you look, you know, even like, say, deflate gate, when they found out the balls were deflated, they changed them, and the Patriots still rolled. You know, so they were still performing. Now, Bonds was a great player, obviously, his whole career, but he wasn't the power hitter that he became. I mean, he had, like, 40 or more homers, like, three times in his first 11 or 12 years. He only hit over and 50 he one hit, time in his career. He, no, he but he hit 40. Up. He hit 45 or more five straight years. A guy who had only hit 40 or more, like, Three times, like I said, he, in over a decade. He won three MVPs in and it, No, I'm not denying he was great, but he was a different type player. I mean, he, he became like the greatest power hitter of all time, and he had not been that type of hitter. He was a he was he had power, but not like he became – he became cartoonish. He had 73 one year. Um, so I think that's, that's going overboard. But I do agree that, like, I think he's the GOAT. I just think when you look at the – you know, comparisons, I mean, six Super Bowls is more than every franchise except Pittsburgh, which has six. So, like, no franchise has more uh, Super Bowls than this one man. And uh, I, I do agree, though, that the, the reason it's even arguable, because some people might say he's not the GOAT, the reason his accomplishments clearly he's he's the goat with the six rings and the nine Super Bowl appearances, but I think there are two things, Rob, that make it arguable to most people. One of them I think you brought up. You, you we can't erase the Spy Gate and the the Deflate Gate. I mean, it is a part of his story. Um, and then I think secondly is the fact that he didn't he didn't have. He wasn't even a mediocre coach uh, statistically without Tom Brady, you know. And I don't hold – the reason I say he's still the GOAT in terms of that is because you look at all the other quote-unquote challengers. You know, Andy Reid did a great job but didn't start winning Super Bowls at least until Patrick Mahomes. Um, uh, uh, Bill Walsh only won, you know, and started winning when Joe Montana was there. And Chuck Noel won with Bradshaw. And then in the 80s, when that whole steel curtain left, you know, he was very mediocre to poor in the 80s as far as his record. Um, And then, you know, Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs won it with three different quarterbacks, Rob. But he did have, you know, several of his seasons where he did miss the playoffs. Not half, but, you know, he had a good number in his career where he missed the playoffs. So every great coach has had those down years. 
So I'm not going to that, – that's why I still think he's the GOAT. But his record without Brady is, is just not good. I mean, 11 seasons without Brady, only made the playoffs twice, had a winning percentage of 45% without Brady, um, was 78 or 77% with Brady, uh, and obviously all the Super Bowls. So I think those would be the two things that – Make give people pause as to all. Uh, I don't know that he's the goat because of the the uh, cheating scandals and his record without Brady. But I, I I would at the end of the day say you know what all things considered, I think he's the goat. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, we're Cavino and Rich. Fox Sports Radio every day, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see, we're having so much fun in our two-hour show, we never get to everything. Honestly, because this guy oh, is overpromising things we never have time for. Yeah, you blubber lips. Blaming me. Well, you know what? It's called Overpromise. You should be good at it because you've been overpromising women for years. Well, it's a Cavino and Rich after show, and we want you to be a part of it. We're going to be talking sports, of course, but we're also going to talk life and relationships. And if Rich and I are arguing about something or we didn't have enough time, it will continue on our after show called Overpromised. Well, if you don't get enough, Kavino and Rich, make sure you check out Overpromised and also Uncensored, by the way. So maybe we'll go at it even a little harder. It's going to be the best after show podcast of all time. There you go. Overpromising. Perfect. And remember, you could see it on YouTube, but definitely join us. Listen to Overpromised with Kavino and Rich on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And speaking of Belichick, uh, of course, we're going to stick with that theme today. That's the hot story, the hot topic. And Rob, there are... Seven coaching of vacancies outside of New England. And um, let me know if you think any of these make sense for Belichick to go to or for the team to want him. Seattle, Washington, Atlanta, Las Vegas Raiders, L.A. Chargers, Tennessee Titans, Carolina Panthers. There's only one in my book. Bill Belichick's clock is ticking. He don't have time to develop no quarterback and take time to develop, get a team that's down in the dumps. He's trying to win 15 games in three years, two years, seven and seven, right? Seven and eight, at least two two. years. And and don't you think he's going for a Super Bowl too? No. Really? I think it would be be nice. I'm not saying he doesn't want it, but that's not – if he coaches two more years and they win eight games his first year and eight the next, he's good. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, he's good. He don't have to win again to for anybody. I mean, he he's won. I mean, you could if you want to say he didn't win or whatever, I, I don't think you could hold it against him. Um, but if he does win and he does get the record, you know, going somewhere else, then you're, you're, you're talking about a different narrative, a second act. You know what I mean? He'll be 74 years old. I mean, it would be to go out like that. Can you imagine he wins eight games, Chris, the next year? How many needs? 15 to pass the record? 15. He wins uh, seven the first year or whatever, and then eight the next year. They're a wild card. They go to the Super Bowl. They win it. And he's got the record. He's got his 15 wins, and he won a Super Bowl. Oh, that's that's a storybook. A storybook. (laughs) I'm I'm just saying. I I agree with you. I don't think any of these – Makes sense for Belichick, except, and I'm sure it is the one you were talking about, the Chargers. Oh, yeah, that's the only one because right. of what they have. I, they, yeah. They've grossly underachieved. I don't know if the Panthers have underachieved. They don't have talent. I don't think some of these other teams, Chris, have underachieved. They don't have talent. No, no. And, and like you said, first of all, Belichick is not, does not have the time. He's going to coach, what, three maybe four more years. He doesn't have the time to build a new team. And like some people have thrown out a lot of people in the media, Rob, Atlanta. Oh, they're going to trade for Justin Fields. You'll have him. They got talent. They do have talent. But we don't know what Justin Fields is. And I don't think Belichick is if I had a choice between Justin Fields and uh, Justin Justin Herbert, Herbert. I'm I'm taking Justin Herbert. I'm just – That's a no-brainer. And, That's and, a Chris, and he took a step back last year. We talked about the picks. He's got stuff that needs to get fixed, too. I'm not saying he's an automatic Super Bowl winner and he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm not saying that. Remember, he's led the league. Hadn't he led the league in fourth quarter interceptions? Yeah, that was, at least at one point. Yeah. yeah, at one point, yeah. too. So. 
Well, all right, so so there's that. I agree with you. I don't think any of those jobs outside of the Chargers um, make sense. And I think for the Chargers, look, if I'm the Chargers, and I, I Harbaugh's my first choice if I'm the Chargers. He is, you know, known as the quote-unquote quarterback whisperer. And Justin Herbert, as great as he is, Rob, or as good as he is, he broke a little bit last year. He declined a little bit. So he needs to be fixed a little bit, and I like Harbaugh in that situation. And Harbaugh just did a great job at San Francisco, and so I trust him to get that defense fixed as well. But outside of him, if if they had to settle, if you will, for Belichick, that's that's okay. But, Rob, I think the real jobs for Belichick, the ones that I think he'd be most interested in and most effective at, are not yet open. And I think some of these jobs, Rob, if they weren't open yesterday, they should be open today. Because these are teams that have quarterbacks, These are teams that are in win-now mode, and they're on a timeline just like Belichick. And those teams, Rob, are Philadelphia, Dallas, and Buffalo. Now, I know they got coaches. They're in the playoffs. And if they do well, they won't be open, most likely. If they do well, stick with them. But if they... Falter. If Buffalo loses to Pittsburgh, and we know Buffalo up and down, inconsistent, you have no idea which Bills team is showing up. If Philadelphia, let forget losing to Tampa. I mean, that's bad enough. If they just lose to Tampa, Sirianni could be in trouble. If they get pummeled, pummeled by Tampa, if they get pummeled by Tampa, then... They, he could really be in trouble. And then Mike McCarthy, I don't think he, we know what Jerry said the other day, came back and walked it back. I don't think he's like on the hot seat. But I, don't, I, don't I think if Bill it goes Belichick, badly. Yeah. I don't see Bill Belichick. If yet. it goes badly, they could move on. I agree with you. That's why I think out of those three, I think Philadelphia is the best. If, 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 if they become open, I think Buffalo's second best for Belichick. And I think Dallas would be third best because of what you said. Could he coexist with Jerry Jones? Now, people talk about his mentor, Bill Parcells, did it for a few years, but it ended badly. It ended badly. Didn't go well, and, right? and Bill, a Bill, Bill, I had, I think Bill was just desperate at that point, And there was really. Because it just that's not you remember if I'm if I'm cooking the meal I want to buy the groceries right he knew what he was getting into going to Dallas they run it like a mom and pop store everybody's related Chris you know what I mean like no nah, right that, that ain't the ideal situation if you're Bill Parcells but, I, but he I, did I it think, anyway I think I do believe that Belichick I don't know if he would have accepted this in New England and he said he you know would be open to it in that press conference. And you liked his comments. I thought they were, I didn't fully believe him. I do believe, Rob, that he could go to another organization and just be a coach. 
Because, you know, it's different. It's one thing. I've been here 24 years and been running things, and now you want to take that away from me versus, oh, I'm just going here. I'm known as a great coach. This is what I do best. Yeah, they want me as a coach. Like, I just think that's easier to accept. And I feel you. Like I said, I think Dallas would be the third of those three options because of Jerry Jones. But if I'm Dallas, Rob, if they if 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 McCarthy loses to Green Bay, which I don't see happening, or if oh, they if have they, another, lo- if they lose at home where they've won fifteen or sixteen in a row 16 and they hell to pay. He's oh, yeah. in trouble. No, he's in trouble. To, and, to, and 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 if that's what I'm saying, if that happens, or if they lose in the second, maybe third round because of clock management issues, right? Some craziness at the end of the game, which we've seen happen with them, not managing the clock well, then I think they might move on. And Bella, if I'm Jerry Jones, Rob, and I'm like, man, I, I got a team that's ready to win a championship or, you know, they're ready to compete. They're as good as anybody, essentially, as far as talent. I need to win now. I'm 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 thinking about Belichick. Cause I think Belichick, I do think he wants to I know wants is not the right word, because of course everybody wants no, to. No, right. Win. That's what I'm saying. Like, but I'm I not, do I'm think not. he I think he's I think if he takes a job, Rob, it's only to win a Super Bowl. See, I, I don't I think it's now to I get, get the he wants the record too. I think but I think, I think he wants a Super Bowl too. Like I think it's I badly. think it's the I think it's the record. Like like at this point, seventy two like if you win, fine. But I, I just think I, he's like, I need fifteen more wins. I got to get fifteen more wins. I don't want to be that close, and then not, you know, not finish the job. That would feel like unfulfilling. Do you know what I mean? Because because if you go back to four years ago, you would have never imagined that he'd be in this spot. Of course, if you add the last four years, right? Add two more wins or. Whatever he would be, he would be right there. And then the the last couple of years have been so bad, is why he's in this hole. So I, I I just think he wants to be a team that's competitive. If a team that wins eight or not, Chris, if he's nine and nine and eight, nine more wins, he's right there. Do you know what I mean? Like that's not but, even a great right. season, nine and eight. I, I think, and I could be wrong, but I think he's heard. He knows the narrative that's out there. That's Brady's Brady, which I agree with the narrative. That Brady's won the divorce. That Brady showed that he was the driving force. Not that Belichick wasn't important and didn't do anything, but that that he was the driving force by going to Tampa in his first year, taking a seven and nine team and winning the Super Bowl. And I think he knows people are saying, well, haven't done he ain't done nothing without. Brady wasn't really good in Cleveland, although I, th- I thought he may have gotten a shafted, but still, he only made the playoffs once in five years. You know, hadn't won since Brady left, didn't win in the years when Brady was injured, you know, when he played there, didn't win with Drew Bledsoe. So I think that he knows that's out there too, and that the way to solidify that is to, or shut that up, I should say, is to get a Super Bowl. I, I disagree. I, I think it's about if you're the all-time winner uh, in wins and you're that guy, you solidify like I was the greatest NFL coach. I won the most games. I have the most Super Bowls. Like like you can go tit for tat and say Brady did this and, and he only has that. 
And if you want to, and be honest with the way that the team was constructed early on, the defense, Adam Vinatieri, all those kind of things, you can he can make an argument that he was he was important. Now, I don't, he was definitely the, important. No, I'm not saying he wasn't important. I'm just saying, but wrong. it's about to me. He's the only thing that's left for him is to is to be the winningest coach in NFL history. I I I don't think it's the Super Bowl would be gravy would be uh, for, uh, sprinkles on top, Chris. I'm not saying he doesn't want to win, but for him to finish to complete continue at 72 years old after a 24 year run somewhere is about can I get that record? It would mean the world to him when you're. When it's your record, that's a that's and and it would be that hard ain't for as somebody. big as the Super Bowls. He got, I mean, even if he doesn't have that record, he's got the six Super Bowls more than any franchise except Pittsburgh. Like I hear you, I think he wants it. Not that's fine. I'm just saying, I also think he wants that Super Bowl. And and Rob, there's a consequence. Like if he goes to a team that's ready made, a Philly, a Dallas, a Buffalo. And they fall on their face. Maybe they're not quite as good as they were before he got there. And I'm not saying that would be the case. I don't think that would be the case. That's why I'm advocating that if 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 these teams fall flat, they should all look at Belichick. But I'm saying if he did fall flat with that team, then you think you think there's a drum beat now? Oh, he just did it with Brady. Well, it would be much louder then. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. We rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right, NBA champion. Fox Sports Radio NBA analyst, NBA sharpshooter, the one, the only, Mr. Eddie House. What's up, man? What's up, gentlemen? How are you guys doing? We are great, brother. Great to have you on. And obviously the team that you cover and that you played for and won the championship with in 2008 is playing the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Uh, it's early uh, in the second quarter, but Milwaukee right now getting the best of the Celtics up 41-23, but the Celtics have the best record in the league. They've been playing great basketball, so I'm not going to just focus on this game. Overall, what are you seeing from them that you like uh, and that tells you that they they could be poised to win the championship? It's one word that comes to mind. It's resiliency. I think in the previous years, you know, these guys were young, but now they've been they're, – they're older. They've been in the league seven, eight years, even though they're age-wise, they're young. But league-wise, they're real vets. Um, they've been in conference championships. They've been to the finals, and they fell short. And I, I told – I said this on air last night after the game against Minnesota. I, I said I believed it was their best win of the season. They were yeah. down in the fourth quarter. Going into the fourth quarter, they were, were losing. They weren't playing great basketball on either side of the ball. But in that fourth quarter – their defense came to play. They started playing defense. Jason Tatum was on Edwards at times. Jalen Brown dug in and took the uh, challenge on Anthony Edwards. Uh, And then they just were moving the basketball. I thought that they they moved the ball and then they found the matchups that they liked, where before I thought that they might have fell in love with the three and tried to shoot their way back in the game. Mm -hmm. Now they're playing their way back in the game as opposed to trying to shoot their way from the three back into games. Well, to your point, they're second in the league in defensive rating. We all knew they could play offense. And last year, you know, they were a little bit more offense. They still had a good defense last year. But tell me about, do you see better defense this season or a commitment to that? And why is it better? And also the growth of Joe Missoula, who really, you know, got questioned a lot last season. Well, I'll start I'll start with Joe. Let's let's talk about being thrown into the fire. That was literally exactly what happened to him three days before training camp opens up. They're saying, hey, you got to be the head coach of the Boston Celtics. Now, you're not prepared. You don't know how to prepare. And he had to go through last year to understand what it takes to be a coach. You don't know unless you're in that seat. And then I thought he did a fantastic job with hiring Sam Cassell and Charles Lee and getting a staff around him and that do things great that he doesn't do well to acknowledge the fact that, hey, I have some deficiencies and I need to cover that up by finding some guys that can help me that's better at doing these things that I'm not so great at. So I think that humility, number one. And then number two is <clears throat> I think the, the guys understand exactly where he's coming from. And it, it is a mindset of he always speaks on mindset. 
And I think they have that. And you look at the players that they have where now Jalen says he wanted to be all NBA at the beginning of the season, and he's playing hard defense. He's doing it by example, not just lip service. Jason, the same way. I think that game against Shea Gilgis-Alexander, they gave up 40 points in the third quarter. They lost yep. that quarter 40-15. to 15. But in that fourth quarter, Jason Tatum cut Shea Gilgis-SGA's water off. It was tough sledding for him in that fourth quarter, but the damage had already been done, but the fact that you see that. So when your leaders are leading by example and they're going out there playing hard, it's hard for the role players not to go out there and give it their all. And let's not forget that Derek White is who Derek White is defensively. We all know what Drew Holiday brings yep. defensively. And Porzingis, on the flip side of everything, as much people talk about his rebounding, and he's not that physical. He's been a great rim protector and a, rim de- and a basket deterrer uh, at the rim for this team. So I think it's just a combination of everybody believing it's mixing at the right time, being a, a young team, becoming a veteran team, and understanding exactly what you have to do to win because you went through the rigors and haven't quite got there yet. Let me ask you about the Clippers. Uh, I was at the game last night. Kawhi Leonard got the new contract, got cashed out. Um, I, I think it's an easy business decision. Obviously, they're opening up a new building. Uh, Kawhi's been healthy this year. I know he's missed a few games, but played, what, 27 in a row, Chris? Was that the number? Yeah. It was something yep. like that. And 32 Just, or 36. 32, 32 or 36, 36, which is incredible for him considering what's happened the last three or four years. But just the Clippers in general, a lot of people, I know you were one of them, didn't know, know how it was going to fit. But mm-hmm. they look like they're going to be in the mix in the West, right? I mean, when you consider them, definitely if everything kind of goes right, they'd have a great shot to come out of the West if Denver falters. Yeah, if you look at them, I think that they'll be right there for, for a number of reasons. That for one, the number one reason is they, they probably have top two, top three wing defenders in this league, when you talk about their length, their physicality, what they're able to do defensively, they could switch a bunch of, they could switch if they need to. And then you got Paul George who could score without, throughout the game and be a closer if he needs to. But we know that Kawhi is the main closer. But we know what James Harden brings to the table. But I, I think what gets lost in the wash and what they're doing is the greatness of Ty Lue, number one, but also the selflessness of Russell Westbrook. Recognizing, I think that was big time to recognize, like, hey, man, I don't need to be a starter. Let me come off the bench. It will prove better for this team if I come off the bench, let James do his thing, and you could play us together in spurt minutes and not not long periods of time. So you got to give credit to professionals. And that's the one thing that when great players come together, if they do have high basketball IQs and not just talent, they figure ways out to make it work and make it happen, and that's what we're seeing right now. No, I totally agree. I think the Westbrook decision to go to the bench, some people wonder if it really was his decision. Even if it wasn't, Eddie, his, you know, him accepting it and not having bad body language and not complaining, like, that was huge. I think that was the key because we all knew, I think we all knew, that the other three could play well together because Harden can be a great point guard when he wants to. Um, and so I thought that was huge. I agree with you on that. You got a good look at Minnesota the other night. Like you said, great game against the Celtics. Celtics um, edged them in a really close one. The question I think people are wondering, and it's the same with OKC, but I want to focus on Minnesota, is are they for real? Like they got a great record, uh, best in the West right now, but are they a team that you look at and say, you know what? 
they they gonna be tough in the play. Like they could they could uh, push Denver in the West. Believe what your eyes see. Okay. Um, a lot of times we don't want to believe what we're looking at, and this is a young emerging team. Anthony Edwards, special talent. Jaden McDaniels, he defends. They're the number one team defensive rating. Yep. Right. It's not by accident. So the one thing that got to catch up to that defense is their offense. And Anthony Edwards is a hell of a player. Uh, I know Gobert Go wasn't there last night, but when I, I was watching that game, and besides in the fourth quarter and overtime, when we were able to, the Celtics were able to take uh, specific matchups and get the specific matchup they wanted. The course of that game, it was tough sled. It was hard for them to get anything easy. Now, they made shots. It was hard for them to penetrate the paint. They weren't really getting rebounds. They got beat up in uh, points in the paint in the first half. But <clears throat> this is a real team. It's like, okay, so everybody wants to doubt and say, hey, is Minnesota real? But then not look at the Lakers and say, you know what? The Lakers might not have a shot. Because of LeBron and AD, you say, they do. But right. your eyes don't tell you that. With your eyes, watch the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I've seen them a couple times. Actually, I've seen them. I've watched them play about eight, nine games, okay? And that's the truth. Twice against the Celtics and the rest of the time just going through the NBA uh, league pass and checking them out because I'm a fan of Ant Edwards. I like what he does, a, a supporter of did, what he does, how they hoop. They're did, real. Did, did, he, did, he, did Anthony Edwards get job? Chris and I thought he should have been the rookie of the year. Chris and I didn't think Melo played enough games. Chris, you remember that? Yeah, and yeah. and he, he had more. He was right. splashy and all that, and, and he had a really good year when he was playing. But now, I think when you look now at Anthony Edwards, I think people missed a boat on him. Yeah, and, and that happens because of people get enamored by certain things. And Melo splashed the hell out of the league. Yep. I mean, yep. box office. And, and I mean, you talk about a walking star. He's a star. He moves like a star. He walks like a star. He acts like a star. He plays like a he star. He just don't so, win like a star. Right. Well, you know, well, <laughs> and tell me what star by themselves won. You know, it takes a while. And, and what star came right into the league winning that didn't have help? That, so, at the end of the day, that, that that's really where it lies. But Anthony Edwards is, is a straight killer. I had an opportunity watching this summer against Puerto Rico in, uh, in Vegas. And most of the times when those guys come back from playing for the country – they, they go to another level because they're surrounded by stars the whole time and they're forced to battle against stars. And sometimes guys come out and they're regular, but then every one of them seem a little better than some guys come out and they take a huge jump. And Anthony Edwards has taken a, 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 a giant leap in this game. I really enjoy watching him play basketball. Nah, there's no doubt about it. Do you think Indiana, I mean, they, they play some tough teams tough. And I know they're without Tyrese Halliburton right now. Um, but how good do you think they are? I know they don't have the greatest record, but they look like they could be a dangerous team. They just don't play enough defense. The rim protection is not there. I think the, the Lakers exposed how to beat the, the Indiana Pacers, and that was pound the paint. Think about that game right. in the – tournament it was 86 points in the paint and 27 free throws, and they only scored 113 total points. But all of it, so they, they showed the recipe. And then the game after that, Milwaukee played them. And Giannis, I think that was the, yeah, that's the game where Giannis had the, the, the was chasing the ball. You know what yeah. I mean? He was, he dominated the paint. And that to me is the one thing that they have to get right. And I don't see how they get that right. It's they don't almost, have a It almost looks like they don't even, like they've, it, conceded we're not really defending we're just gonna try to outscore you that's how it really looks 
Well, that's not going to work. I played on a team like that with the Suns, and that's yep. never going to work in the league. It's going to be splashy. It's going to look good. It's, it's going to win you some regular season, a bunch of regular season games, actually. And it's going to sell a lot of tickets and jerseys. But what it's not going to do is put you in a position to hoist the championship because you're going to have to get stops. You can't outscore everybody. How about yep. the Golden State Warriors? What they lose by 38 points last night? Or was it 36 or 38? Yeah, what they got happen- Molly Wops. What is happening there? That's what's and, happening. And it, it really, it, you know, we always talk about falling off the cliff, the wheels coming off. But my goodness, just give me your synopsis of what's happening there. And even Steve Kerr seems so frustrated and irritated. I mean, I watch him now in the press conferences. He seems like a different guy. Well, it's when you're losing it. It's, Pat Riley told me this: it's winning and misery. So when you're winning, you're happy. And it's you're winning. But when you're losing, it's misery. And if you're not winning, you're miserable. And that's what's happening over there. And also, on t- as far as Steve Kerr, but, you know, Clay is just – I don't think Clay has that confidence. You know, and, and Clay has spurts. How I think do you play that many years and have that much success and lose your confidence? I'm, well, when you and, blow out a Achilles and you blow out your knee and then you try to come back and play the same way and then you have glimpses – Mm-hmm. A, a couple games here and a couple games there where you are yourself and you feel like that, you c- continue to chase that. I think Clay's have to change his game and how he plays. He's not that same player right now. Now, you know, and he's getting older. So that that hurts. Wiggins is not showing up. That hurts. Nah, Chris Wiggins Paul just got really hurt. Struggling. That hurts. Um, the only one that I felt like has been constant, uh, a bit consistent is Steph Curry. He's the only guy. And you only can ride him so much. Okay, and so that is the problem. They have they mortgaged their future. You know, they got rid. They they made some draft picks. Not didn't pan out for them. They mortgaged their future for the right now, and they got a championship out of it. You know, right. they did get a championship in 2022, but this is the repercussions of those, those actions. And also, I think not not having Draymond out there. As much as he had all of the antics and stuff like that, he could cost the team. He also helped them get a lot of wins because their offense predicated with the dribble handoff, the backdoor cuts, his basketball IQ, his ability to switch and things like that. Just not being there is tough, and we've seen it. Like He needs to be out there, but he needs to be in his right mind, and and it sounds like he is. And I'm I'm hopeful to see him coming back and for this team to get back because we need Steph Curry in the playoffs. That's fun. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's our man, Eddie yep. House. So Great stuff, as again. always, brother. We appreciate you. Right on, man. Take care, guys. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right.
Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangsta Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, Gangsta Rap. Let's go. Gangsta Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangsta Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.